don't know if that's the rebel in me. I think it's another way to talk about it. Okay, so Cameron, you can edit that out. So much in life is scripted, but this is unedited. Listen in as we have casual conversations about art and faith. Welcome to Unedited. I'm Farley Sanderford. And I'm Jennifer Chetlett. And in this week's episode, we together have come up with an art and faith top 10 list. Because both of us love a top 10. Who doesn't love a top 10? You're right. Nobody. No. I want to be friends with. <laughs> okay, so we've come up with an art and faith top 10. So this is art, I think, Loose, the term loosely. loosely defined. Yeah. Arts and entertainment. It's kind of an all-encompassing thing. But it is related to... Yes. Art and, and how art is in our world today. Yes. State of the arts. Yes, also loosely related, yes. Yes. All right, so I'm going to start. Um, the first one, the first story that caught my eye, the piece is titled Heroin Spoon, and it's the idea of protest art, which um, actually has a lot of history to it. Yeah. What can you tell? Give us, like, two big protest art pieces. Oh, jeez. Guernica. Yes. Picasso's Guernica. Picasso, Guernica. Guernica, sorry, I said that's that wrong. Okay. That's right. Um, there's a an artist, it's, I don't know if it's really considered protest in an overt way, but um, I think his name is Otto Dix, D-I-X. Okay. Um, he painted some pretty um, powerful paintings after World War One, mm-hmm. which is like the first real major world war where mm-hmm. so many countries were involved and so many lives were lost, so... Um, if you're interested in him, you should check him out. And who's the guy we looked up, the other current protest artist who's in Europe a lot now? He had the funny name. Banksy? Yes, Banksy. Banksy. Which sounds like a he is, movie. Yeah, he character. recently did some stuff in Paris okay. that's kind of in your face. So, so protest art is um, is really interesting. This, this one caught my eye because it is shining a light on the opioid epidemic in our country right now. And what happened was artist uh, Dominic Esposito and gallerist... Fernando Luis Alvarez, and I'm really sorry, I'm sure I butchered those names, uh, delivered a giant sculpture to the doorstep of Purdue Pharma uh, headquarters, which are the makers of OxyContin. And what it is, it's like 800 pounds of forged steel of a burnt heroin spoon. So it's that, um, you know, the, where the, the handle's like bent over and it's, it looks like it has heroin the way they cook it. Um, it was a guerrilla installation. People were arrested. The sculpture was seized by the police. Um, but Esposito uh, is part of a group exhibition in Alvarez's gallery that's called Opioid Express Yourself. Um, and it's in, uh, in his gallery through July, which is in Connecticut. So I personally like it when artists do things like this because it really... Um, I don't know. I, it's just shocking and big, and um, it's another way to talk talk about current events and things that um, that are going on. So that's my first one. Okay. All right. What do you have? Uh, so my first thing on my list, so number two on mm-hmm. the ten, is the VMFA, the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts, a uh, the major museum, the art major art museum here in Richmond, is uh, having an exhibition 
about art relating to Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh, so art that was created during his time, art that is uh, that is a representation of him, all this stuff. So I'm really excited about this show. Uh, not everybody yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not as excited about this show as you are. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, my main point of interest, and in specifically for this show, is the Goya connection. Sure. Uh, so I wrote my master's thesis on Goya. Uh, and actually a series of prints that he did around the time where Napoleon uh, put his brother Joseph in charge of Spain after they took over. Uh, so I haven't been to the show yet, but it's up through, I think, September 3rd. Mm. So I'm definitely going to go and hopefully, I don't know if they have any Goyas as part of their exhibition. If they don't, then... Will you be a little not, bit disappointed? I will be a little bit sad. Okay. But I also am a huge fan of the... Like late eighteenth, what century? <laughs> so when Napoleon was in power, that's embarrassing. No, that's okay. So around eighteen ten or so, mm-hmm. um, eighteen fifteen, art around that period is really interesting. I think art that was made in France during that time. Uh, Jacques Louis David and Ang, yeah, all these sort of done. like very formal right. artists making beautiful things. Good, I'm glad. Google it. I'll Google it. Google it. You, you lost really me cool. with all of that. Yes. That's okay. I probably lost some other people too. That's all right. I'm all right with that. All right, my next one is not nearly as serious as those <laughs> first two. But the other thing, another thing that's making me happy or thinking or whatever um, is the, so James Corden, the, the late night talk show host, I, to be honest, I don't usually stay up to watch him because he's late. like late, late. Yeah. And I just, I don't stay up that late. But he does this carpool karaoke, which I've seen other bits, like mm-hmm. he would, he was with Adele, and they put the camera in the car, and they drive around and sing, Yes, which is fun. Um, and, but And he usually, from what I understand, doesn't get out. Usually it's just in the car. Right. So he was carpool. filming, carpool, right. hence the name carpool, yes. Right. Um, he was filming in London, I think. He was doing a whole series of shows in London, and went out to Liverpool and picked up uh, Paul McCartney. And they drove around Liverpool. And it is just 23 minutes of TV that will make you happy. Mm-hmm. I would say look it up. If you have not seen it yet, find it on YouTube and watch it. Um, it was just sweet and touching. He talked about his inspiration for Let It Be. Um, he visited his childhood home and he got out of the car. They On Penny Lane, they got out of the car and went into a barbershop. And you can see this little old lady, sweet mm-hmm. as she can be, um, you know, just shocked that Paul McCartney sitting in her chair. She was like playing with his hair, which was funny. Um, They went to his childhood home, um, is now a museum, and they went into that. And he talked about, um, he reminisced about growing up there. He talked, his father was a musician, which I didn't know. Hmm. And so he would um, write songs. And I'm not sure how, I guess all, all four of the Beatles were together. This is when they were really, really young, and he was still living at home. And he played... For his dad, um, she loves you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his dad said, um, "Yeah, it's not bad, but do you really want to play into like the the slang? Shouldn't it be yes, yes, yes? Can you imagine that? She loves you. Yes, yes, yeah. That's what his dad suggested. They yeah. did not go with that. But yeah, it was just fun. It's just a fun twenty three minutes of TV. If you've not seen it, look up um, James Corden's Carpool Karaoke with Paul McCartney. In keeping with the music theme of these next uh, couple of items in our top ten. 
my next item for the list is summer concerts. Uh, ben and I, my husband Ben, uh, he's a musician and we're both really, really into music. And so summertime is a perfect time to enjoy outdoor music. Yes. Um, so we've got a couple on our list. Uh, one is Jimmy Eat World, which is an emo band from my adolescence <laughs> that I absolutely adore. And we're going uh, next week or the oh. week after. And it's right in town. So that's nice. nice. Perfect. Uh, the next one, it's for our anniversary. We're going to see the Smashing Pumpkins in Baltimore. Nice. I've never seen them. Ben has already seen them, and I was really upset about that. So Did when you they... see them, like, were you married when you saw them? Yes. Or you see... Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. He took him and his uncle went. His uncle, fair enough, introduced him to the band, so, sure. like, they have that connection. Sure. I get it. But I've liked them since I was a, a wee lass. Uh-huh. And so I was really upset that I couldn't go last time. And so now I can go. We forked over a few dollars. But it's good. It's our anniversary. Well, sure. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are actually taking us to see Darius Rucker and Lady Antebellum, which is not my usual. Yeah, that's kind of country. Yeah. I do I do like bluegrass, like yeah. that vein of the country music. But I feel music, like Darius Rucker, Darius Rucker is, is a little more pop, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, I mean, because he used Certainly to be with, with Hootie, Hootie yes. and Blowfish, right? But, um, yeah, I just love his voice, though. Yeah, great, no, I agree. A great voice. Yes, I agree. So I'm excited to see them. Lady Antebellum, I'm not as excited, but it'll be a fun time. Yeah. And it's the lawn and the amphitheater. Sure. And as long as it's not too hot. As long as it's not too hot. That's in the middle of September, though. Oh, so it could go so either way. It could go either way. I'm crossing my fingers. Mm-hmm. So those are my three concerts we've got coming up in the next cool. couple months. As Very of now, fun. more to come, perhaps. Nice. Well, my next one is very local, it, as in your as are your concerts, but it is not music. I am excited because um, my church is using, utilizing, using isn't the right word. Um, we, there's a, a local artist here in town named Jackie Koenig, and um, we showed her in our May show mm-hmm. at Gallery Edit. She was part of a collaborative show we did on, which was called Wonder. It was on the wonder of God, and we showed two of her pieces. So she's a really... Um, exciting local artist. She's a young mom. She's got three little boys. Uh, so she's super busy. But I'm excited to see um, a church, particularly mine, but any church, not just sort of incorporating art, but kind of celebrating art. Because mm. they did a um, that bumper thing they do before the sermon, that little video they put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all her paintings. And so the, the bumper is all from her paintings. And I just saw online there, she's going to have a little opening her work is all hanging up in the concourse, and so she's going to have an opening later in the month. So I'm really excited because I, I I love seeing when churches celebrate the artists that are in their body. So mm-hmm. that's I'm excited about that. Yeah. And that's hopefully a theme we can talk about more yeah. later on is how the church can be more inclusive and incorporating the artists that are already right. in the congregation. Right. And really, like you said, celebrating. Celebrating them and doing it thoughtfully and doing it well. Right. And not in a trite or right. cheesy. Cheesy way. Yeah. My next item on the top ten is about a photographer. His name was David Goldblatt. Uh, he just passed away last week. He was a photographer in South Africa. Uh, and so the reason this struck me was because, one, he was an artist, he was a photographer. Second, he chronicled the apartheid and how 
the apartheid system rose up and came into power in South Africa. I spent a summer there. Uh, gosh, that was 13 years ago um, when I was in college, and it really kind of stuck with me, mm-hmm. that experience there. Mm-hmm. And so every time I see something that has to do with South Africa, my attention is captured. Mm-hmm. So uh, this guy, I just was really interested. I was sad that he passed away, of course, but based on what little I know of him, it sounds like he did a lot of important work mm-hmm. in sort of shining Mm-hmm. light on kind of like the the protest mm-hmm. art that you talked about sort of bringing to light like what how did this happen and like mm-hmm. how can we not have this kind of thing happen again yeah I guess it is another form of protest art which um I love there, there's a quote um by Makoto Fujimura and it's mm-hmm. probably in so I'm sure it's in that book we're reading refractions um where he talks about you know the whole idea of the canary in the coal mine mm-hmm. like they would send the canary in and if the canary died they knew the air was bad um, he said, Fujimori says, um, uh, the artist smells the poison air and sings. Mm. So like inferring yeah. that, right. Like that's part of our job as artists is to talk about the poison air around us, the things. So I, I, that just Whoa. stuck with me. Isn't that good? That's a great question. I'm going to have to marinate on that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next, back to anniversaries. You're, you're going to see the Smashing Pumpkins for yours. <laughs> we went to um, Asheville, North Carolina last month. I love Asheville so much. Yeah. We had a big anniversary we were celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, 25. <laughs> yep. And so we went down there for a few days. Because um, I've always wanted to see Asheville, and a lot of my clay friends have said, oh, it's a pottery mecca, uh, which it kind of is. There's a it lot is. of clay. Um, but while we were there, we went to the Biltmore, the Vanderbilt home, yes. um, which was really amazing. But also at, at the Biltmore, uh, there's a Chihuly exhibit, Dale mm-hmm. Chihuly. Um, and so it was kind of exciting seeing both of that. The first time I saw Chihuly was here in Richmond. How long ago did he come to the VMFA? It's been a while. Yeah, but it was a outstanding exhibit, and and thankfully the our uh, museum bought a piece of his that we have. Just one, just those red reeds, or is there more than that? I feel like there's more. I do too, but the red reeds are the ones the that they that photograph all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the Biltmore is the um, if you've not been, it's kind of in the mountains of North Carolina. It's the largest privately owned house in the United States. Uh, it's still owned by George Vanderbilt's descendants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like almost 179,000 square feet. It's just ridiculously it's massive. big. Yeah. Massive. Um, and it was built at the end of the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like 16 pieces of Chihuly's work, and they're huge. Almost all of them are outside installations. And his his pieces are like, there's lots of different parts to them, and mm-hmm. then they have to assemble them. He has a whole team. He's like... He's 76, Chihuly is. Yeah, um, he was an older guy. Yeah, so he has a whole team of people. And um, he is, his health is not great. So when he was, when they when they opened this exhibit, I think his wife spoke for him because his, his health is, is not great, which is sad. Um, but he's been a working artist um, for 50 years. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. That's wow. really impressive to me. And uh, he, yeah, he was like known as the, father, grandfather, of moving uh, blown glass like into the realm of large-scale sculpture. Mm-hmm. And if you've not ever watched like a video of him working, you should look that up too. A- another thing I found out about him that I did not know is I was kind of trying to dig a little bit more is that he's Jewish and has done um, quite a bit of work in Israel, which I, I would love to look up that and learn more about that. But that's the, that was fun. That exhibit's going to be up 
I feel like till September or October. So if you can go to Asheville, it is there also known as the summer of glass there. So they are highlighting glass in the city, which is my second love behind clay. I love glass. And the fall is probably my favorite time to go. I'm sure it's beautiful. The, yeah, the mountains, like the leaves yeah. are changing. Yeah. The weather's a little cooler. It wasn't oppressively hot. We were there in June, in the beginning of June, and it was warm, but it was... I don't know. I feel like anything feels cooler than Richmond in the summer. Oh, I know. It's just so, <laughs> so humid here. It's so so it was kind of, I understand why people go to the mountains. The next item on my list for art and faith top 10 is uh, one of the things that I actually do like about summer, not the oppressive heat, but one of the things I do like is my schedule seems to open up a little bit in the summer. And so that means more time for reading. One of my favorite pastimes and wanted to highlight two books that I'm reading right now. One is an audiobook that I'm listening to, and it's called The Book of Joy. And it's a really lovely, lovely book. Uh, and I'm glad I'm listening to it. Uh, so The Book of Joy is basically a narrative telling or storytelling of a meeting between the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. So mm -hmm. obviously these two men come from very different faith backgrounds. Mm -hmm. They're both around 80 years old. Um, and so they've had this friendship for a very long time. Um, and again, even though the, the speakers for the audiobook are not actually the Dalai Lama and uh, the Archbishop, sure. um, they, they pick people that have similar accents. Oh, okay. So you can kind of envision uh -huh. the actual this sweet old men sitting yeah, together talking. Because narrates audiobooks Makes a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I went through a, while, a spell, this is years ago, when Kindle first came out, and, like, I would do the, like, the, it's just their automated voice. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was, they had a way you could listen to it, and it definitely made a difference listening to their automated voice as opposed to listening to the author or an actor or somebody mm -hmm. else. So, yeah, that's good. I'm glad they made that choice. Yeah, I think they did a really good job selecting the two men to read those parts. Mm -hmm. And you can just hear in their voices, like, just the sweet friendship that these two men mm -hmm. have. And even though, like, again, their their faith backgrounds are, of course, the Dalai Lama is Buddhist and the Archbishop is a Christian, mm -hmm. they've found a lot of common ground. And so mm -hmm. they have these extended conversations about what is joy? How do you mm -hmm. find joy in life? Mm -hmm. Even when you're a refugee like the mm -hmm. Dalai Lama or when your uh, health is not very good like the Archbishop, like how yeah. do you, what choices can you make in your life to find joy? Yeah. And it's just, it's such a sweet positive book yeah so I definitely recommend it if you're looking for something like that the second book I'm reading is a book by P.D. James um, an author who is British and writes British detective murder mystery kind of books think like Agatha Christie uh -huh. but like specifically focusing on the detective side of it uh -huh. so they're really entertaining and dramatic uh, my last one is a bit of a reach to put in this list. Um, but, you know, I consider food part of arts and entertainment. I think mm -hmm. it can be. Mm -hmm. When you're in Baltimore to see the Smashing Pumpkins, you need to go to Vaccaro's. Okay. Vaccaro's is a little Italian bakery mm -hmm. in Little Italy. It is one of my favorite places to go. I'm from Maryland. I'm from actually northeast of Baltimore. But um, Vaccaro's is just a huge treat. Um they uh, that's all they do is dessert 
The Italian cookies um, that they make are just delicious, and I have an Italian mother and Italian family from Philadelphia, so I've had a lot of Italian cookies. <laughs> uh, theirs are pretty good, but they have this thing called Italian iced tea that is just to die for. It is lemon sorbet with unsweetened tea poured over it, and it is wonderful. But what I love most about Little Italy is... That is a true little Italian community. There's, you know, a couple of streets of restaurants and um, a lot of people live up there. I guess a lot of Italians settled there. There is around the corner from um, the restaurant is a little bocce court. And sometimes in the summer you can go see these little old Italian men out there playing bocce and then women out on their balconies looking over. Yeah, when, when we lived up there, there were a few times Brian and I went down there for a date. And, yeah. you know, when the kids were little and we didn't have a lot of money, we would just go get dessert and then wander around and we'd go sit and watch. And for me, it always felt like um, a visit to my relatives, mm -hmm. you know, just, I don't know, just being down there. So if you are in Baltimore, go to Vicaro's and treat yourself. You won't be sorry. Last item on our top 10 uh, is kind of caught both of our eyes was uh, a story about Candy Wiley. So Candy Wiley, we know is now pretty much all Americans know about him because he painted the portrait of President Obama that became pretty widely circulated. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have gone now yeah. to visit um, his portrait in the American Art Museum in D.C. Uh, so the thing about Candy Wiley that made news, other than his presidential portrait, was that he how he now has a talent agency uh, that's working for him out of Hollywood, right? So he has become so popular and sought after as an artist that he needs his own talent agency to sort of represent him. Um, and so this is really kind of a new thing for yeah. artists. Um, the fact that he became so incredibly sought after and popular, mm -hmm. not just like as a portrait artist, but just as a, as a celebrity almost. Yeah. Would you say you know better than me. Is he like the most well-known African-American artist right now? Probably. I mean, we've had him at the VMFA for a while. Yeah. We've had at least one, maybe two of his pieces. So I was very familiar with him. Yeah. Um, when, when the Obama's portraits were done. And he's super talented. He's great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have mixed mm. feelings about that. I mean, I... I yeah. yeah. Me not being an artist, I... Don't get that like icky feeling. I think maybe as much because I'm like on the outside looking in, yeah. and I appreciate the fact that he is a living artist, right? A living Absolutely. African American artist who's Absolutely. making so much money off his work. Right. Like yeah. that's such a cool thing that's happening. But then it becomes a little bit slippery as far as like self promotion right. and even this like commodification of. But that's really the age we're in. Yeah. I mean, that with social media, I think it changed yeah, all of oh, that. Yeah, oh, that changed everything. And that's the age we're in. I'm happy because there are very few artists who made a great living while they were alive. Yeah. And, you know, in my little community, which is more the craft side of things, the only people I know who are doing really well are ones who have other people working for them or have, you know, and have figured out a way not only use the word mass produce, but I can't think of another. Like yeah. they have a team of people so they can generate more product. Yeah. Um, which is hard to do. You, you can't if you're a painter, not really. Um, mm -hmm. 
not, I mean, yeah. So I think I'm okay with it. I think. Yeah, I'm super I'm happy, excited. For happy him. for him. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that was our top 10. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to reach out to us, you can send us an email uh, at podcast at reachthenations.org. If you have any questions, you know what, even if you have like an idea of something you want us to talk about, send it in. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at reachthenations.org. And until next time. Thanks for listening to Unedited. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Hillside Missions and Gallery Edit in Richmond, Virginia. You can reach us at podcast at reachthenations.org.